Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today as we wrap up another week in Texas agriculture. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. Covering it all from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the trans Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. It's a rough time for cattlemen in many ways these days especially when you consider the challenges of trying to make a profit. But strong beef demand is an encouragement to livestock producers. I'm James Hunt, and here on Texas Ag Today, I'll talk about the effort to grow consumers' affection for beef. Prices for major fertilizers are up this year, but experts say you should be careful before picking a non-traditional alternative. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas continues the watermelon and onion harvest. Valley row crops continue to look awful good. Those stories and more on today's report. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Despite a winter storm, a late freeze, and severe weather, Texas peach growers are expecting an above-average crop this year. Texas A&M AgriLife Extension horticulturalist Larry Stein says there was some initial concern about winter storm Uri impacting peach production, but for right now, things look good. We're thinking it's going to be very big. Quality should be good. You know, we were worried about the big cold spell we had in February. A lot of the trees that were already coming out were hurt because they were already in the bloom stage and budding out. But it turns out that most of our trees actually had dormant buds or tight buds. And so they were not injured. And the other thing about the cold is it didn't get super, super cold all at once. It did so gradually. And so plants actually had time to reacclimate. Stein says growers could still see tissue injury or dieback later on in the summer as a result of the winter storm, but it's not likely. Early season clingstone peaches are being harvested now. Freestone peaches ripen in June to late mid-July. Beef demand is strong right now thanks to expanding consumer outreach for the product. James Hunt has the story from the Panhandle. We hear it a lot these days. Times are tough in the cattle business, so many of our ranchers and feed yard operators struggling to achieve profitability and in many cases falling short. But there is a bright side to look at. When I ask livestock producers what they find encouraging about the current state of affairs, time and again the answer comes back, strong beef demand. Consumers are loving beef big time these days, and while a lot of that has to do with the product, of course, One cattleman I talked to recently wanted to give some credit to those who helped promote that product. The $2 that we pay into the Texas Beef Checkoff generates the absolute greatest return on our investment than anything else we do. That's Pat McDowell, a rancher in Shamrock who has witnessed firsthand the working of the checkoff 
through his service with the Cattlemen's Beef Board and the Texas Beef Council Board. My conversation with McDowell led me to a follow-up chat with Rachel Chow, Director of Consumer Marketing for the Texas Beef Council. She tells me that working to maintain strong demand for beef involves continuing to diversify how the message to consumers gets out. Traditionally, you think of purchasing advertising in newspapers, on broadcast TV, on the radio, and we've really expanded that to use our content that we're creating and have a really strong content strategy to then promote through all kinds of digital capabilities. Those digital capabilities really paid off in helping grow beef demand during that very trying time when the pandemic was forcing people to stay at home. In tomorrow's report, Rachel Chow talks about positive signs for beef as we move out of the pandemic and into the new normal. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Fertilizer prices are going up, and it may make sense to look at cheaper alternatives. Jessica Domel takes a look. With prices of the eight major fertilizers up more than 10% over last year, some Texas farmers and ranchers are considering cheaper alternatives. Last week, Dr. Vanessa Coyer Olson, a forage specialist for the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, discussed using animal manure as an alternative. This week, she joins us again to discuss another alternative, biosolids. Availability will be based on often their proximity to a municipal outlet. So if they're close to large cities such as Dallas or Waco or Houston, they're more likely to have an option for biosolids. Typically, their analysis is going to be the same. It's not going to vary as much as poultry litter or other animal manure sources might. And that's typically going to be a a 5 or a 6% nitrogen, about 3% phosphorus, and very little potassium, if any at all. Before you commit to any fertilizer, Dr. Coyer Olson recommends first getting a soil sample tested to determine your soil's true needs. She also warns farmers and ranchers to do their research before buying any non-traditional product. In my personal experience, if something sounds too good to be true, it usually is. So if someone comes across a product and their interest is piqued, my recommendation is to get more information. One, find out what is the product actually made of? What are the actual ingredients? Does it actually have nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium? Or is it a lot of water? What is actually in that product that they're trying to sell you? I also recommend looking for regional or state research supported by a university or conducted by a university, whether it's Texas A&M University or another university that does agricultural research. Look for data from those sources to be much more reliable and unbiased. A lot of these products will often give you their own data, but they don't give you a lot of information as far as how the research was conducted. And they're also known sometimes for cherry picking or selecting out data that looks really good or makes their product shine. So there may be points of data that they're not showing you that would tell a different story. If you can't find that on your own, always reach out to your county extension agent. They can help you either determine more about that product, what it actually is. Will it do anything for your forage production? And they can also help you potentially locate or see if there is any university research that has been conducted about that product, whether it's positive or negative. That was Dr. Vanessa Courier Olson, forage specialist for the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
Hurricane season is right around the corner, and South Texas farmers are hoping to get a break this year. Jim Hearn reports from the Rio Grande Valley. The 2021 hurricane season is now just days away, and it looks like another above-average year, and that would be the sixth straight year in a row. Now, this season, projections are for at least 15 named storms, eight hurricanes, and four major hurricanes. That would be a Category 3 or higher. Now, a lot of damage can be done with those uh, storms. We had a tremendous number of storms last year, breaking all kinds of records. Now, the work on the border wall has all but now stopped. And uh, for now, Hidalgo County commissioners have been studying the damage that has been done to the levee system from the wall construction. Repairs are now ongoing and should be complete in the next few weeks. Uh, It was feared that any major storm could lead to flooding, not only in the U.S., but Mexico as well. The harvest of watermelons and onions continue. Heavy rains at mid-May impacted the crop some, but we are nearing the end of the harvest, and it's now pressing to the north. Row crops are looking very good. The heavy rains at mid well, mid-month were just like a free irrigation, and the crops have responded good. The high winds blew some corn and grain sorghum down, but it should stand back up and should not pose a problem. Both Amistad and Falcon Reservoirs have been trending lower. Matter of fact, lake elevations are near five-year lows and hopes that early summer rains may help make up some of that shortfall. With the current elevations, both reservoirs should be able to hold a tremendous amount of water should the need arise. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Texas farmers and ranchers are one step closer to having a new tool in the fight against wild hogs. Gary Joyner tells more about it. The experimental use of a new tool in the fight against wild pigs is one step closer to reality. Budget riders in Austin have approved a rider that allows an experimental use program on the hog bait kaput. The Texas Department of Agriculture would work with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service and landowners to test the product for effectiveness for up to two years. If the research proves the hog bait is effective, TDA can move forward with registering the product. The state's two-year budget still awaits full legislative approval and the governor's signature, but the rider is in place. That's good news for Texas farmers, ranchers, and landowners who are desperate to control wild pigs on their property. Funding for the experimental use program, if approved, becomes available in September. Wild pigs are a big problem in rural areas of the state. The invasive species is also impacting many suburban areas. Research on the hog bait gives landowners hope that more control tools could be on the horizon. Not a moment too soon. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Catching the right fish could land you a new boat and trailer. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And COVID-19 helped to emphasize the importance of biosecurity on our farms and ranches. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now... 
We're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-size weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. COVID-19 helped to emphasize the importance of biosecurity on our farms and ranches. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more. Dr. Joe Armstrong with the University of Missouri indicates in Bovine Veterinarian that he has several steps to develop a farm biosecurity plan. First of all, he indicates you have to determine if you have an end goal of preventing a specific disease you already have on your farm, or is a particular disease you are worried about infecting your animals. It is really critical to work with your veterinarian as they know your farm and ranch and can help guide you in developing a program. Your vet is already trained in biosecurity techniques and should at least review your plan before adopting it. The next step is to write down the plan and every step needs to be documented as something that does not seem like a big deal may be overlooked if the plan is not written and followed completely. Ideally, posting the plan at common areas around the farm and ranch for employees to see is a good idea. After developing the protocol and checking with your veterinarian, it is critical to make sure all employees are told of the biosecurity plan and all are trained in implementing the plan. The plan should be started right away, and then you can start identifying problem areas and make adjustments as needed. New employees must be trained immediately, and old employees should receive a refresher course as needed to make sure everyone is doing their best to follow the protocols. The larger the operation, the more difficult the biosecurity. However, the more animals involved, the more important should be placed on biosecurity, as a contagious infection can cause millions of dollars of damage in just a very short period. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Catching the right fish could land you a new boat and trailer. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. Memorial Day weekend is almost here, and you know what that means. The start of the annual Star Fishing Tournament hosted by the Coastal Conservation Association of Texas. This year, due to the drastic amount of fish that died in the February freeze, the entire inshore division is catch and release only. Dylan Sassman, assistant tournament director, said this year there will be three colored tag categories. We've got 10 Haney Bigfoots with coastline trailers and mercury motors for the red tag division. First five of those also come with a Ford F-150. For the blue tag division, we've got three Mountie boats with mercury motor and coastline trailers. And then for the green tags, we've got three 19 Shoalwater Cats with Mercury Motors and McLean trailers. And then, as usual, we're giving away a 21-foot dargle just for some lucky person that signs up for the tournament. They don't even have to fish. If the person who catches one of the first red-tagged fish is under 15 years old, CCA Texas will give them a $25,000 scholarship in lieu of the truck as part of their prize package. CCA members ages 16 through 17 can fish in the tournament for free, and they have a chance at several college scholarships. First 10 blue or green tags caught by eligible youth take them a $30,000 scholarship. And if they catch a red tag, they get the Haney Bigfoot boat and a $25,000 scholarship. And like I say with the boats, we're giving away a $25,000 scholarship just for a kid that enters in a random drawing. To be eligible to win, participants must register before catching a tagged fish. Details are available at startournament.org. 
That is startournament.org. Tournament starts Saturday and runs through Labor Day. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It has been a very volatile week in the corn market. We actually moved limit up on the nearby corn contract on Thursday. We'll take a closer look at all of our livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Did you know that one out of every three mouthfuls of food we eat is produced by insect pollination, most of which is done by bees? In fact, bees are vitally important to food production. That's why modern agriculture is working with beekeepers to promote bee health. Ensuring a sustainable food supply requires each of us to play our part in preserving the land and protecting pollinators. This public service announcement is brought to you by Syngenta. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It has been a crazy week for the corn market, and that in turn has affected the other grains and the livestock markets. Thursday was no exception. We saw a limit-up move in corn, and that caused feeder cattle prices to move sharply lower. Live cattle, however, didn't react to it so much. June, live cattle down 10 cents, closing at 116.35. August, up 10, 119.42. October, live cattle up 10 at 124.17. Feeders, however, finishing lower. The nearby May is the likely traded month. It was down only 20 cents, 136.30. The August dropping 235, 152.85. September, feeder cattle down 227, 154.82. Cash-fed cattle market about wrapped up for the week. We ended up selling cattle in a wide range here in Texas. We had prices reported anywhere from 116 to 120. So you're looking at two to three dollars lower to a dollar higher, just depending on which sales you're looking at. Boxed beef prices on Thursday were higher. Choice up 75 cents, 3.30.24. Select up 17 cents at 3.04.22. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. It's time to count sheep and goat noses at Producers in Cargyle. Benny Cox, how did everything go in San Angelo? Well, we ended up with 84.37. They uh, worked the market over again on the goats. Now the, the, the lambs were good. These slaughter lambs, I'd say firm. All those lighter weights down there in that, say, 55-pound range, some of those bring up to 270 or so. On the slaughter use, they sold uh, all kind of 5 to $10 lower. And most of that decline was on some of these fresh-eared Rambouillet use. The kid goats, they sold mostly 40 to $60 a Lower. Some of those some of those goats are as much as a to a dollar a pound lower than they were three or four weeks ago. Slaughter nannies they sell from one fifty to two ten, mostly one eighty to one ninety five. Uh, these big material billies from two dollars to two fifty six, and most of those kind of two you know two twenty two thirty. On the wool feeder lambs we had some that weighed up there in the ninety pound range or so, and they were nice. They bring two eighteen, some really light weights up to as high as two fifty. Most of them in a the range from seventy to eighty five pound or so bring from uh, two twenty to two thirty, which I think is an awful good market. Now, like I say, they're they're going to Feedlot. These uh, slaughter lambs, the light end of those, uh, hair sheep type from 210 all the way up to 274. Uh, realistic how is more like 250-ish. Uh, the heavier weights, however, 180 all the way to 242. Uh, you didn't get one of those lambs that weighs up there in that 90-pound range and brings over 240. That dollar's out really well. Slaughter use, they sell from 80 to 132, but mostly 105 to 115. Your kid goats sold in a range from $3 to $3.50. Uh, 
395 and there was two or three groups that brought up there over 362 the majority of them sold in the 330 to 350 range well tell everybody how to contact you and call me on my mobile is 325-234-4277 office same area code 653-3371 or they can always look at the web which is producersandcargyle.com benny cox thank you so much next week and neighbor we'll be back with you tomorrow on walking the pens a production of the texas farm bureau radio network i'm larry marble i'm your host now back over to the futures market where lean hogs closed higher. June hogs up 45 cents, 115.72. July up 30, 116.70. Class 3 milk was mixed. May milk up 4, 18.97 a hundredweight. June milk down 35 at 17.63. The cotton market closing higher, getting support from a positive export sales report on Thursday morning. However, favorable weather outlook here in Texas seems to keep a lid on any price gains. July cotton up 17 points, 82.61. October up 29, 83.95. December cotton up 23 at 83.46. The corn market, as we mentioned earlier, limit up. It has been a whipsaw week in the corn market. We were sharply lower on Tuesday. Turn that around to close sharply higher on Thursday. A freeze watch in effect for North Dakota and northern Minnesota for Friday morning. That's a possible threat to newly planted corn in those northern states. That gave the market a boost. July corn limit up 40 cents, 664 and a half. September corn up 38 and a quarter, 585 and a half. December corn up 34 and a quarter, 555 a bushel. The strength in the corn market spilled over into the wheat market, sharply higher on both hard and soft wheat. July Kansas City wheat up 27 and a half, 626 and a quarter. Soft wheat in Chicago, July contract up 27 and three quarters, 676 and a quarter. In the energy markets, July natural gas down six cents, two ninety-six. July crude oil up fifty-eight, closing at sixty-six seventy-nine a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Thursday. The Dow up one hundred forty-one points, thirty-four thousand four sixty-four. The Nasdaq down one, thirteen thousand seven thirty-six. The S and P up four at forty-two hundred even. That's a look at our markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you then, right here on Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website, at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.